Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. A super wealthy businessman, Mr. Carl Jenkins, has been taken and left locked up all alone in a dark room. His phone's almost run out of charge, so he can only write one message. He knows that someone might spy on his phone, so he decided to write a message with a code to a high school friend, John Smith, who runs a detective agency. He remembered that in high school, they would cipher messages to each other, so he used the same technique. The message was this. Can you guess what it means? Back in high school, they would shift one letter to the right each time they needed to write a secret code. To decipher it, you need to go one letter to the left. Their alphabet looks like this. The message is, it was Eric. Having read the message, John knew immediately who his friend was talking about. Eric is the financial director of Carl's company. He had seen him once at a party a couple of years ago, so he knew what he looked like. John decided to investigate this case himself and help his friend out. He was sure there was something secret in Carl's mansion. Somehow, he thought he knew that Eric would have the key to the mansion. The receptionist, Kelly, said he would always have lunch with different business partners at 2 p.m. sharp in his favorite cafe. When the detective drove up to the cafe, he saw Eric, the man with a beard, discussing business with someone. Either of them had a briefcase next to them, and the briefcases looked similar to each other. John was waiting for Eric and the second guy to leave the cafe. They went to the car, got in, and left both briefcases on the back seat. The detective followed them. They left the car in a parking lot, and luckily, they were careless enough to leave the car open. Which briefcase should the detective grab? The one that looks brand new. While they were walking to the car, the detective spotted a few scratches on the second man's briefcase. Both briefcases were locked with a cipher. Not to make the whole thing suspicious, the detective decided not to take it and cracked the code right in the car. Can you help him open the briefcase? The code is 000. The briefcase is brand new, and Eric probably didn't have time to set a code on it yet. Plus, Eric's the one who leaves the car open and unattended in a parking lot. So, no wonder he uses a default code for his briefcase. Now that the detective has the key, he heads to the mansion. The front door isn't a problem with the key in hand. The study is upstairs. He's been there before, so he remembers the stairs leading up have a secret. If you step on the wrong stair, you'll instantly fall to the basement and won't be able to escape from it yourself. What step should John mind?
it's the one with the slit in the middle. When you step on it, it opens, and you get into a dark room with bats and spiders. Yikes! Alright, John is finally at the study door, and Carl would always use buttons to open it. You've got only one try. There are three buttons, yellow, green, and blue. Which one should the detective choose if he knows that Carl is a big fan of painting? A combination of blue and yellow gives green, so the door opens. Green light for our detective. He finally reaches the safe with top-secret documents that could help him find out the truth. Obviously, just like any other safe, it's locked with a code. It also has a warning. You can enter the code only once. If you hit the wrong code, the safe locks up forever. He's looking around for a hint, and voila, John is right. On the desk, he sees a note. It says, secret code, and has a combination of three digits. Three, something, and one. The digit in the middle can't be seen since there's an ink stain right on it. Can you crack the code with one attempt only? The code is 371. The detective thought the code was used frequently, so the button must have been a bit worn out. He was right. Since he knew the beginning and the end, he only needed to find one more worn button. Alright, now he's got the top-secret documents he needed for his investigation. He looks through all the papers and finally finds something that looks like the document he actually needed. To take it as a hard proof, he needs to find one which is not fake. There are four copies. They look almost the same, but only one is real. Can you guess which one? It's the one in the upper left corner. It has a stamp, a signature, and it says agreement. The one next to it looks the same, but it has a spelling mistake. It says agreement. Other copies lack either a stamp or a signature. So the detective takes a closer look at this agreement and sees something about a painting bought in an auction. He suddenly understands that his friend Carl was taken so that someone could sneak into his mansion and grab that super expensive painting. He's looking at the wall with all the paintings Carl collected and realizes that no painting is missing. There are as many nails in the wall as there are paintings. Still, there's something strange about one of them. Can you spot what's wrong here? Even though all the paintings are present, there's one that lacks a frame. According to the agreement, the painting has been recently bought, and an art dealer helped Carl pick it. The expert was an honest man, and he helped Carl make sure all the other paintings in his collection were real. This time, the painting turned out to be nothing but a copy. Why did the expert suggest that Carl buy it? Although the painting cost nothing, its frame was a beautiful and expensive piece of art. The one who grabbed it definitely knew that.
Now it's all clear. John has to find both Carl and the precious frame. He goes outside, trying to deduce where the person who took Carl went. Carl is looking at all the tracks on the ground. He needs to follow one of them to understand where to look for Carl. Where should he go? He's got to follow the tracks going to the left. There are three sets of tracks here. The first belonged to John's car. The second set belongs to a two-wheel vehicle, and since the tracks are really thin, they were left by a bike. It seems impossible to take someone somewhere on a bike, so these must belong to a mail carrier who comes every day to bring the letters. The last set of tracks definitely belongs to a large car, so John should follow it. He's lucky and there are no turns, so he's just going straight. Half an hour later, he sees something like a castle. He drives up to it, and he sees three moats in front of him. Here's the first one, a row full of metal stakes. How can John jump over it safely? There's a small hot air balloon nearby. John has to untie it and light the lamp to take off. Since the next moat is on fire, John thinks it's unsafe to fly over it because the air balloon doesn't fly high enough and the lamp doesn't have enough oil to go on for long. Still, he managed to cross the moat with fire easily. How did he do it? He took the sand from the air balloon's ballast and sprinkled it on the fire, extinguishing it. The last moat was filled with scalding hot lava. It took John some time to figure out how to cross it, but he managed to do it safely. How? There were a lot of stones around him. The lava torrent wasn't deep at all, so throwing stones at it, he made a tiny path to hop on. The castle was rather small inside, so the hardest thing was to actually get into it. When he entered the hall, John saw three doors. Above the doors, there was a sign. It said, One of the doors leads to a labyrinth no one ever escaped. One of the doors is the exit. If you enter it, you'll have to cross all the three moats all over again. One of the doors has what you're looking for. When John looked at the doors, he knew immediately where his friend was. Which door did he choose? The handles were made of shiny metal, which looks cool but gathers all the fingerprints. The only door with fingerprints is the one on the left. John opens the door and sees his friend. Carl rushes out of that dark room, and while heading to the exit, they spot a few frames. Which one is Carl's? The rectangular one. The painting was rectangular, and the two other frames are square. The two friends get out of the castle, get in the car, and head to the police department. There, an officer's waiting for them. 
They have three suspects who could have possibly taken the exquisite frame. Carl and John enter the room separately. Still, they choose the same person. Who did they choose? The man on the right. Carl chooses him because it's the art expert. John chooses him because he saw him with Carl having lunch. Wow, seems like this expert's not going to work with Carl ever again. Okay, Sherlock, you're up. Eric, Samantha, and Charlotte were playing volleyball on the beach. It was pretty hot, and one of the friends invited the others to go swimming in the sea. One of them can't go swimming because, well, they're a robot. Okay, can you guess who? It's Samantha. First, she's the only one who's not sweaty or red in the cheeks because of the heat. Plus, it might seem like she's wearing a small necklace, but it's actually a USB port. It helps her stay plugged in, you know. Jane was riding the bus back from work. She was tired after a long day, but she couldn't sit down because it was so packed. Some of the other passengers were acting strangely, and she was worried that they might have been zombies. Which passengers are zombies? There are two zombies on the bus. The man on the right has a bandage on his arm, and the woman next to the window is making groaning noises. Um, I can get off here. No, really. Josh loves to make bets with his friends. Last Friday, he bet them that he could place a bottle in the middle of the room and easily crawl into it. This time, nobody thought he had any chance of completing the challenge. So, Josh's friends were certain they would win. But somehow, Josh won the bet again. How did he manage to do it? He said he could place a bottle in the room and crawl into it. He didn't mention whether he was going to crawl into the bottle or the room, though. So, he crawled into the room without any problem and won the bet. Oh, that crazy Josh. On the table, there's a row of six cups. The first three are empty, but cups number four, five, and six are full. You need to change the order so that the empty and full cups alternate. You can only touch one cup, and you can't push or move the cups with the help of another cup. How do you do it? Grab cup number 5 and pour the water into cup 2, then put it back. Mary was walking in the woods and saw a really fancy castle in the distance. It was getting late, so she thought she might ask to stay the night there. When she knocked on the door, though, it was answered by a troll. And he really didn't like intruders. He captured her and locked her up in a dungeon with two guards. The troll told her that she could escape if she solved a puzzle. There are two doors in the room. One is locked, and the other leads to freedom. The guards know which door will set Mary free, but she can ask them only one question. One of the guards always tells the truth, and the other always lies. I have friends like that. Mary doesn't know which one can be trusted and only has one chance to win her freedom. What question should she ask? If Mary says, If I ask your colleague to show me the way to freedom, what door will it be? 
No matter which guard replies, they will show the locked door. One will lie and show the wrong door, and the one who doesn't lie would also show the wrong door, since it would be chosen by the one who lies. This way, Mary knows the wrong door, and she needs to choose the other one. You have two ropes and a box of matches. If you light both sides of the rope, it'll burn for 60 minutes. How can you use these ropes to measure 45 minutes? You need to burn one of the ropes from both sides. At the same time, you set light to one side of the second rope. When the first rope burns down, the second rope will still have 30 minutes to go. Now, you need to set on fire the second end of the rope. It'll burn two times faster, and you'll burn both ropes in 45 minutes. And what's going to happen in 45 minutes is still a mystery. Everyone in town thought Jack was silly, because every time someone offered him a choice between a 50-cent coin or a $1 bill, he would always choose the 50-cent coin. People all over town would give him the same offer to see if he would ever learn. He never grabbed the bill one time. The people in the town didn't realize that Jack was actually a genius. What was so smart about what Jack was doing? Jack was actually really smart because he got everyone in the town to shower him with free money. As long as he continued to choose the less valuable option, people would come and try this trick on him over and over again. See that car? Jack's been refusing $1 bills for over 10 years now, and he saved up enough money to get a car. Three men were trying to decide who was the smartest among them. A random passerby offered to help. He said he would give them a riddle, and whoever managed to crack it could call themselves the smartest. He said, You see these five caps in my hands? Three of them are black, and two are white. Close your eyes. The three men closed their eyes. He put a black cap on each of them and hid the two white caps in the bag. Now you can open your eyes. Whoever guesses the color of the cap he is wearing is the smartest. The men spent ages looking at each other, trying to crack the riddle. Suddenly, one of them worked it out and shouted, I'm wearing a black cap. Now how did he guess? Ah well, he didn't actually guess. He tried to think logically, but there was no logical answer. So he looked at his reflection in a nearby puddle. You find yourself in a photo gallery. After looking at the wall, you realize that one of the pictures doesn't belong. You see a raccoon, a llama, a football, and a balloon. Can you tell which is the odd one out? You have 7 seconds to guess. It's the llama picture. The other three objects have two double letters in their names, but the llama only has one double. There's a barrel of water in the yard. You look inside and say that it's more than half full, but your friend argues that it's less than half full. How do you figure out who's right without using any tools or removing water from the barrel? Tilt the barrel so the water just about touches its rim. If you can see the bottom, the barrel's less than half full. If the base is still covered with water, it's more than half full. You find yourself in the middle of a forest with three paths in front of you. 
One is covered with scalding lava. Another is littered with sharp nails and broken glass. And the third path is so cold that it feels like you're in Antarctica. Which path should you choose? Pick the third path. It's bound to warm up so. It's so close to the lava that the ice will melt in a few seconds. John was at home sitting in his chair with a book. All of a sudden, his wife's super expensive statue fell and broke in their bedroom. He ran into the room in time to see a stranger jump out the window and run away. John tried to chase him, but his glasses fogged up because of the cold, so he couldn't identify the intruder. When the police arrived, they listened to his story and immediately knew he was lying. Why were they so sure? Anyone who wears glasses knows that they don't fog up when you go from a warm room to the cold outdoors. It's the other way around. The man made the story up because he didn't want to admit that he'd broken the statue himself. One day, a man got caught in the pouring rain. Unfortunately, he had nothing to keep himself dry, not even a hat or an umbrella. Somehow, not a single hair on his head got wet. Why is this? Well, the man was bald. You have three matches. Can you make a six out of them without breaking them into pieces? Who said the number has to be a standard six? The matches made a perfect Roman numeral three right from the get-go. So all you have to do is push the bottoms of the first two matches together into a V, and you've got a Roman numeral six. Let's imagine you don't know what an elephant looks like. One day, you're going on a safari to watch animals with your friends. One of them points at a rhino and tells you it's an elephant. The other shows you a hippo and claims that it's an elephant. Who would you believe and why? You didn't know what an elephant looked like. But that doesn't mean you didn't know what a hippo or a rhino looked like either you wouldn't believe either of your friends. It's your first day in the new office. Some colleagues don't seem very friendly, and you can't understand why. They also act strangely, never have coffee breaks, and work at least 12 hours a day. A secretary at the reception desk tells you that their company hires robots because they work so hard and aren't addicted to coffee. She tells you to try to stay away from them and avoid making conversation because they aren't programmed to talk to people. It's quite easy to tell who's a robot. Can you guess which one's the robot out of Anna, Mike, and Lucy? It's Mike. He's the only one of the three with a switch on his right. 